0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. You know, it's just a privilege to be able to address, to share a message on Father's Day. Wow, and uh, I'm not gonna get overcome by emotions. You all know me well enough that it never happens but my daughters here my son-in-law my three grandsons you notice we sang first three on uh, good good father twice we weren't going to do that but i i couldn't get through it the first time so I, we're going to sing this so um, we uh, back in april we were having a a, a leadership team meeting and rick was kind of taking us over the summer months so we could plan so you know he wanted to make sure that the sundays he was traveling would be covered by uh, chuck and uh, and he he invited linda and i to take a sunday just to share a message and you know linda is she's just that spirit-filled submitted leader in the church right away she said yes and got penciled in on mother's day and right away i said no thanks Um, but, you know, Rick's right. So it's hard to argue with the Holy Spirit. You can, argue, you can argue with each other. Well, not. we shouldn't, but you can't argue with the Holy Spirit. So we were driving to South Carolina to visit our family there um, early in May. And about halfway through Kentucky on I-75, I called Rick. And, and I, I, I got his voicemail, and I said, well, Rick... I can't resist, so I think I've, God's given me a message. And I think he has. This This uh, comes out of an experience that I had um, back in March, and I'm going to tell you about that. But um, first, I want to uh, I'm gonna a- a- ask you this question. Have, have you ever done something or failed to do something or said something and knew you shouldn't have said it? And right away, Either to yourself out loud or to yourself just in your head, you say, "What's wrong with me? I must be a lousy Christian." Well, January 28th was a Sunday. Worship was over. We were all kind of gathering to hear the word. The offering had been taken. Announcements were made. Rick started to speak, and I was sitting over where I always sit. That is my chair, and. Uh, I had made a mistake during worship. Now, don't gasp over that. Um, That happens from time to time. But I was worrying about that. I don't even remember what the mistake was. I might have messed up an intro for a glorious song or played some wrong chord someplace, but I I knew I'd made a mistake. And um, that's what I was thinking about as Rick started to speak. And I kept thinking about that. And this is the bulletin from January 28th. I'll read what I what I wrote here. Thinking about mistake and worship, the Lord said to me, are you going to allow little mistakes to define your life? Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I know when God speaks to me. And this was, I mean, he was just speaking directly to my heart. And there's nothing else written here, and I'm sure Rick gave a good message that day, but in in my heart, I was pondering that, how can I let little mistakes define my life and who I am when I'm a child of God? So, um, I want to read something to you. This is from Romans five, and i I, I love this, but I, I want to kind of set the stage, you know. Uh, back then and when this letter was written they didn't have Bibles they didn't have cell phones with apps and so you know, here's this, uh, this struggling little group of Christians meeting in Rome and Paul writes this letter to them and I don't know who was the lucky person not lucky blessed person who got to read this but so I'm, I'm going to put myself in that role because I'm speaking today so um, he goes through the first four chapters. Of course, they're designated chapters, and no, they're not. There's no chapters in verse. But he comes to what we call chapter five now. And listen to this: Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and He now declares us flawless in His eyes. I don't know about you, but hearing that for the first time in that group, you know, we I, I would have turned to my neighbor and said, "That is." That is good news. Um, It goes on. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Of course, you know, I don't know how people could be sitting there, like you all are, and, and listening to this and thinking, good grief, this is this is too good to be true. But but that's not all that's actually in here. He says that. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, our patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. For when the time was right, the anointed one, Jesus came and died to demonstrate his love for us sinners who were entirely helpless weak and powerless to save ourselves Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly now yeah, couldn't he could have stopped right there right and there's still more it, that's what it says and there's still more to say of his unfailing love for us for through the blood of Jesus we have heard the powerful declaration You are now righteous in my sight and because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. Now, if there was a dry eye in the place after he had read that, including the speaker, I don't know how that could have been, but that's the good news, and that is That's the gospel right there. Um, and there's more, but uh, I, I read that every once in a while just as a reminder. Um, I, I know most of you in here, if there's anyone here who can't claim that for yourself, don't leave here without ma- being able to do that today. Um, this service is going to end in one of two ways. Either I'm going to stop speaking, Rick's going to come up and say, thank you, RB, don't quit your day job. Or we're going to do a closing song, and I'm going to try to make sure I get through this in time so we can do that closing song, because it's a good one. And after that, there'll be a time of ministry. Now, if, if I wasn't a regular church attender and somebody said, after that there's a time of ministry, I would flee for the door. A time of ministry? How long is that? Is it going to be four hours? Golf is already on TV. Um, So ministry is just, we're praying for each other with expectation. So if you've got a need today, stay for the ministry time. It doesn't take forever. You'll still get to go home and see some golf. And uh, if you can't claim this, it's so easy to be able to do so. So, come forward Uh, during ministry time the people that are facing out this way tend to be the prayers and the people that need prayer are the ones that are facing that way it's not a legalism it just so, so happens that way so feel comfortable in coming up please um the reason i'm speaking here today as i said back in may i got an urging from the holy spirit um to talk about an experience that I had in March. And before I get to, get to that, Sue, would you put uh, 2A up, please? Really, this message is based on this verse. This is the heart of my message. And the word heart is emphasized there. Ezekiel 36.26 says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will give you a new heart a new spirit I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh now in the New Testament we think flesh uh oh that's bad that flesh is you know versus the spirit but that's not how that's not the meaning here this this is a soft pliable heart that's teachable so we we get rid of that stony heart that's hard to penetrate we get this soft pliable heart Um, that's the NIV needed in the vineyard version Um, this the, I like the New Living Translation which I assume if you, you can put that one up too is, uh, but don't have to it's a short verse ah oh, good okay I will give you a new heart with new and right desires Well, if God gives it to us it's going to have the new and right desires right I like that and I will put a new spirit in you I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart and uh, well, what a promise that's to all of us Um, But I guess my question was, when does that happen? I don't answer it. I know the answer now. So that was a rhetorical question. You know, that happens the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I, I used to think, okay, a new heart, new spirit, that must be in the new Jerusalem, the new earth. You know, that's like in the great by and by when we're all in heaven. It's right now. That's when God does it. And, uh, to me that's, that's just an amazing thing. So at our moment of conversion, whatever you want to call it, born again, we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Boy, at least three wonderful things happen. One, we move out of sin and death. We move into God and life. Secondly, we're a new creation. You know, that's what Paul said here in Romans. Um, we become a new creation. And then thirdly, we get a new heart and spirit. So, I don't understand all of that. in Alpha, we had a, there was this quote by somebody, if anybody remembers the name, just shout it out, but some really neat guy wrote this really neat quote, and it goes something like this. If I try to, excuse me, I don't try to understand in order to believe, I believe in order to understand. And that's all that matters to me. I, 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 You know, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand, but I believe it and it helps me live it anyway. So uh, I don't understand how this happens, but I know it does. So let me go back to this event that happened in my life, which I've been leading up to here for 10 minutes, I guess. Um, Susie and I and many of us, uh, many of us were at the uh, More Love, More Power conference Earlier this year, started at the end of Mar- uh, February and went into the first couple of days of March. And you know, it's one I, if if you had to pick out one conference to attend in a given year, or in a given five-year period, or in a given ten-year period, whatever, attend one of these conferences. It is just it's a wonderful time with the Lord. And so, anyway, you know, it starts on Wednesday afternoon at Urbana, Illinois. The 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 Urbana. Um, Vineyard is the sponsoring church and uh, starts Wednesday afternoon and goes through Saturday morning and so Wednesday afternoon we we, we all got there and got in checked into our rooms and uh, you know had a little little break a little time to just relax and then the conference started in the evening and every evening was always the same from a pattern standpoint now there's this wonderful time of worship and then there's a key, sp- uh, there's usually two speakers. One is, uh, what do you, uh, anyway, one does, gives a short teaching, the other gives this, um, a longer message. And, uh, and then we usually ended with ministry time again. Uh, so that was Wednesday night. It was wonderful. Thursday morning, bright and early worship, and then a couple of, uh, we heard a couple speakers in the afternoon. There were uh, workshops. Again, wonderful. Um, That's Thursday, Thursday evening, back worship and uh, they had a, a guest worship leader that night um, and I think I got that right but it doesn't really it doesn't it's not a significant anyway the worship was just wonderful and so I'm standing there and I'm singing the words and I'm saying Rick what on earth is wrong with you you're not worshiping and I wasn't I was standing there I was singing the words I could not get my mind engaged. I look over to my right, and here's Michelle, and she's like this, just singing away, eyes closed, worshiping. I look over to my left, Linda's hopping around and just worshiping. And here am I, I'm standing here, singing the words, and wondering, I'm supposed to be a worship leader, what's wrong with me, I must be a lousy Christian. And all of a sudden, I started to cry, I know, really unusual, but usually when I get weepy, you know, my, oh, I'm totally engaged. Like this morning, it's hard to sing some of those words sometimes. If you really are totally engaged, you know what you're saying. Um, so anyway, I started crying and tears were streaming down my face. And I asked, God, what is going on? I'm not engaged. God, I'm not worshiping you. Why am I crying? Well, I didn't get an answer, and so the rest of the evening unfolded. I don't remember much about it. I kept going back over and over. What is going on here? And uh, we went back to our rooms and went to bed and everything. that woke up uh, Friday morning, and Susie was seriously sick. And so I made the right decision, grudgingly, to stay in the room with her and not go to the conference that day. So, so about I don't know 9:30, 10 o'clock. I think well, if if I'm going to be here anyway, because of my sick wife. And I've just it was only it wasn't nearly that bad, honey. It was just a little bit. uh, So, I thought I'm going to do something smart. I'm going to at least make good use of the time. I started reading this book. If you haven't read it. Get it and read it by Putty Putman who does Sockham and who's here in Indianapolis next Saturday and it's a chance you don't want to miss to go hear him. So anyway, I started reading that and it's a great book. It's a great book. I was on about page 40. I'm a slow reader so it was probably a little after 10 o'clock. And my mind went back to the night before and so I am pondering this question again. What in the world was going on? My mind was not engaged in worshiping the Lord, but I couldn't hold the tears back. And God spoke as clearly to me as I'm speaking to you now. And He said, "No audible voice didn't have to be, because it got right into my heart." He said, "Rick, I've given you a new heart, and your heart was worshiping me last night, because it didn't have any choice." Just because your mind wasn't engaged doesn't mean you weren't worshiping. And, you know, I, I held back the tears at that point, but that had such an impact on me, and it still does. and It's been a life-changing event for me. First of all, God wasn't offended. He wasn't mad at me for not engaging my mind, but more importantly, he had made a way where I was still worshiping. I just didn't know it. So, who lost out? Well, my mind did because I didn't get to enjoy that time of worship. But my heart was overwhelmed by the reckless love of God, which is the song that we were singing at the time. How do you, I don't know how Mike gets through that? It talks about well, you have been so so kind to me. So anyway, um, that got me kind of thinking about this stuff. And uh, that's why I'm sharing this today. I I hope that that speaks to somebody's heart. Um, I became a Christian March 2nd, 1976, 42 years ago. And I didn't realize it until I was preparing for this. But I wrote that down, that experience down. It's dated March 2nd. 2018. So on my 42nd birthday as a Christian God spoke that word to me. Um, I think that's really, little things like that just really touch my heart. Um, So what? So what? So I've got a new heart. My heart can worship God even if my mind's not engaged. This is what I wrote after just reminding myself of what had happened. I've been approaching the relationship between heart and mind wrongly, thinking what I get into my mind first, I have to then get into my heart. Any of you ever hear the old saying, the distance between heaven and hell is 17 inches? That's the distance between your mind and your heart. Now, I've never met a person that measured that, but that's just, that was kind of the thing. you know. So, And I believe that. And so here's, here's a result of that. So you're, this often comes out in prayers for healing. Either the prayer or the prayee will say, God, I know you can heal. Get what I know in my head into my heart so I can believe it. And <laughs> it's all wrong. What we should be praying is, God, my heart knows you can heal. Not that you can, but you will. All I got to do is get what I know here into my head the belief is here. Where do doubts stem from? Up here. Our our minds start thinking, I don't understand that. so It can't be true. The belief and the faith is down here. It just needs to be brought up here. Okay, so um, now I see that it's the other way around. What God puts into my new heart, faith, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, love, new life, I have to get it into my mind. My mind is renewed as it accepts more and more of what my new heart knows. Um, and in his book, Putty Putman puts this in a really neat way too. In fact, and I, by the way, I wrote this months before I got to the point in the book where he says this. But listen to this. And I think, I, I think I've got, Sue, that might be number three. Um, I think it is. Let's see. Yeah, OK. When we are saved, we are made new. Our nature is changed, but our mind is not completely regenerated at the moment of salvation. We still live with a mindset formed by our life experiences and various influences. While God gives us a new heart and a new spirit, our mind is still in the process of being renewed. Now I take great encouragement from that. I hope you do too. Um, now, I want my mind to be engaged in everything my heart's doing. But when it's not, I can still live on and not think, oh, God, can you forgive me for just singing the words last night? God's up there saying, wow, your heart was was beautiful, Rick. You should have heard what your heart was doing. I want to hear what my heart's doing. Um, So there's great freedom, for me anyway, that comes from that truth. And and I, I, I believe it with all my heart. I'm getting a lot of it into my mind as I go. Um, So if you're struggling with trying to get what's in your head into your heart, relax, take a step back and say, Lord, move what's here in this new heart you've given to me up into my brain. Now you know there have been some practical aspects that have come out of that for me. And I I hesitated initially to share these events because these are things that I did good, but that's not why I'm sharing them, okay? I'm sharing them because there was a change in me. And I'm sharing them because it's God who brought about that. So a a couple months ago, Susie is guardian of her mom, and she couldn't find the checkbook for the guardianship estate. That's pretty important. And so I, and I didn't even know that. I came home from the office, and she was a little upset, and she told me what was going on. So we all, we searched the house. Looked, you know, went back, re-stepped re, 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 every step we had taken and everything. And so, after that, about a half hour of that, click. Rick, why don't you ask the Lord to show you where that checkbook is? I, now this really works this isn't a parlor trick this really works so i just said lord we can't find that checkbook would you help us and so i stopped looking other places and didn't know where to go and i just think i was led to our upstairs second bedroom or den like and in there we had we had suitcases in there from our previous trip to to to, to south carolina The checkbook had not gone with us on that trip and so I just opened one of the suitcases looked in nothing Opened the next suitcase and there was this black book that looked like a checkbook and it was now there's no reason there was no reason for that checkbook to be there in fact I don't want to sound spooky but when I prayed that prayer it might not have been there it might have been someplace else but I'll tell you God led me to where it was so it could be found now, six months ago, I would have been angry that we couldn't find that. But I know that works because since then I've tried it at my office. It's hard to find things in my office sometimes. And I have cut back on a lot of lost time. by. F- oh, oh yeah. So here's another one. And I. this delights me to no end because it just... It, was God. I, the, uh, the last time we were in, um, my, uh, Jessica is vice president of the PTA school, and I'm, am I still there? Yeah. So um, she was putting on, or the PTA was putting on this wonderful dinner for the teachers, and uh, she said, Dad, can you do me a favor and go get the, the food and bring it to school? Because I got to be there early. And I said, sure, glad to. Um, they live in Simpsonville, which is right outside Greenville, uh, South Carolina. So I said, well, "Okay, where is it?" And she said, "Oh, it's easy to get to. You get on this one street. It's the same street all the way. It was a long way, um, but so." And she gives great directions, and so I'm following them. I think I'm going too far. I'm going to, but no. Jay said to keep going, and I and I so I obeyed the instructions. Got there, got the food. It was an Olive Garden, and man, did it smell good. Um, it's a ton of food. And so I get back in the car, I'm heading back thinking, oh, she wants us there by, I forget what time, let's just say noon. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna get there early, this is great. I'm driving along and driving along. And all of a sudden, I'm on an entrance ramp to I-85. Now, it's a funny thing about entrance ramps, you get on them, you're not gonna get off. Till you get on to wherever they're entering, which was I-85. And so I had been on this three-lane street, Um, heading back toward her house, or toward where I knew I was supposed to be, and I was like in the center lane here, and these two lanes just went off to the right, and I just went off to the right. Above this other lane was this big sign that said Simpsonville, and I just didn't see it. So, you know, you get on an interstate, you go till there's an interchange, so five miles down the road, I got turned around, went back, And I knew where I had been, but you know, sometimes going back to an interchange doesn't look the same as going away from it. Street numbers, highway numbers can be different. I got off where I knew I needed to go, it didn't look familiar. I headed back north again, Um, I think that's north, north or west, something like that. Headed back into basically, or toward Greenville, totally lost. There's there's this movie Lost in Translation. I was lost in Greenville, South Carolina. I had no idea where I was. Of course I could have used my cell phone and called Jay and said Jay I have no idea where I was but I didn't want her to know that. So I'm driving on this street a while and I'm thinking nothing, nothing looks familiar. And so I finally come to a stoplight. I turned off And the street I turned onto wasn't even a street, it was a lane that led into a big office complex area, so I pulled into the parking lot of the office complex, and I turned the car off and I said, Lord, I am lost, would you help me get where I need to get? And I started the car back up, turned right, turned left at the light I had turned right at, and as soon as I turned left there I looked up and right there was that Simpsonville sign right in front of me that I had missed. I think God's chuckling up there this whole time but that coincidence Rick yeah there's another guy on Alpha says this when I pray the coincidences happen when I don't pray no coincidences happen I don't believe that was a coincidence God knew where I was he knew where I needed to be he knew how desperate I was all I had to do was ask him and I just think it's so funny that the moment I looked up from making the turn there's the sign I had missed the other two lanes went that way I didn't this time I went now here's the real kind of kicker I would have missed all of that if I would not known where I was when I got off the interstate the first time because I was telling Jay this later and, and she said well you were about a half mile from the school at that interchange it <laughs> but I didn't know it so here I was totally lost anyway so God's so good he just I think he delights we delight ourselves in him He delights in showing himself powerful. Well, I want to say this to all of us. Um, I'm trying to never again let little mistakes define who I am. We are not defined by Adam's failures. We're defined by Jesus' successes. That's who we are. So we're going to sing a song now that I hope touches everybody's hearts and we can all agree. So the worship team would come on back up. We're going to sing I Am No Victim, and I'm going to struggle. Fortunately, Gloria leads the song. I'm going to struggle to sing this song with dry eyes. I hope some of you do too. So enjoy this and worship God with it. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.